Hello, listeners. I'm so glad to have you back today. Today is Labor Day, so if you are in the United States, happy Labor Day weekend to you. And also, for most of us in the United States, Labor Day weekend is like the signaling that summer is done and school is now in session. So happy back to school and doing this great big transition. Today's topic is going to help us think about how we can make some of those back-to-school transitions easier for our children so that we can establish the routines we want them to have. And we can do it with less confusion, less frustration, and empower our kiddos to own it. So stay tuned. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned, because In this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee, along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. Let's get started. In episode 75, we talked about getting our kids to listen quietly. We talked about a way to do it without using electronics because what we really want our children to do is to pay attention. And the listening quietly, um, as I was teaching in 75, helps them to pay attention and to listen, not just be distracted by electronics. In episode 76, I taught you how it is that you can take that activity and you can see, like have a window into what it is that they're understanding, what it is that is going on in their brains at this time of their life. When we understand that, we do things differently, based on the information from episode 75 and episode 76. Alexa asked me, so how does that translate into parenting? What does that mean to me as far as raising these kiddos? She wanted to know how to apply that information. That is what we're talking about today. When I considered which of many things to talk about, I decided to go with back to school because so many of you right now are trying to figure out how is it 
that I get these kiddos to get themselves ready for school in the morning, know the routine after school, set up a routine, which is different from all the summer routines. And I wanted to make it a little bit easier for you. Now we have many, many routines in our world. We often don't think of things as a routine, but it is. And so you can differentiate procedure and routine and it can become a bit of soup of terminology. So what I did was I looked at the definition of routine. Here it is. A regular course of procedure. Habitual or mechanical performance of an established procedure. But my favorite definition is the third one. It says a worked out part that may be often repeated. And that worked out part I think really helps us to get our head around when we're teaching children that they are going to do these certain things to get ready before the bus comes in the morning or they're going to do these certain things before bedtime. We work it out and as our children grow and change over time, those routines, those procedures change a little bit. They morph a little bit to match the age and stage and capability of our children. So why is a routine so important? Why can't we just go with it every day just randomly? And here, looking through my lens as a speech pathologist, I think about it as how the brain develops and how the brain grows. So I want you to understand the brain because that makes us parent differently. When we understand that our brain tries to switch to autopilot as soon as possible, to save up energy and brain space for new learning, then what we want to do as parents is figure out what exactly do we want our children to put into autopilot because it will go there quickly whether we wanted to or not. So if you think you've never established a routine, that in and of itself is the routine. And whatever you've regularly accepted as behavior, that is what is on autopilot. So if we want to change what is on autopilot, let's do it deliberately and let's use the methods that we know connect to the brain the way the brain understands in children. For a little bit more knowledge on this, do listen to episodes 75 and 76. Now, I'm going to give a little example from my life. When I started podcasting, the routines and the procedures were all new. In fact, the vocabulary was new. The procedures of how to get audio sounding good, well, if you listen somewhere between episodes 5 and 20, you're going to hear a vast difference in audio quality. Because at that point in time, every time that I did the recording, I did it in a different location. I did it with different equipment. I was trying out all kinds of things until I found something that worked better. But along the way, I just needed to try stuff. While trying all these new things, I also had vocabulary that was new to me. So if you listen on Podbean, you are actually listening on the host because Podbean is the name of my podcast host. But I didn't know what a host was, so I had everything to learn about that. Now, I know host in other capacities, in other definitions of the word host, but I didn't understand it as a platform that I put my podcast onto. So then when I'm following instructions on all these other new vocabulary words and it references back to host, 
All along the way, not only am I learning the procedures, but I am translating meanings for many, many words, just like host, back into the vocabulary and the understandings that I already do have, which wasn't a lot of tech. So my brain energy, just keeping up with the meanings of vocabulary, was extensive. And then putting that into the procedures of how to use that tech, that was extensive too. And that's not to say anything about putting all those procedures and vocabulary into a functional routine. At episode 77, I am feeling pretty confident now about what it is that I do know how to do. And there's many, many things that I still don't have a good handle on. Yet, people would say to me right around episode 20 or 30, you've got this button down. So on the outside, it looked like I knew exactly what I was doing. But I can tell you, I still was using a lot of brain energy on the inside to make each and every episode happen because I didn't know it well. It had not gone into autopilot. I was thinking every step of the way. Now, what does this have to do with creating our routines for our children and wanting them to get into their back-to-school routines? First, I want you to remember just how hard it is that they are working. It doesn't seem like it because they click out of getting ready and then they're off playing. But I will say, sometimes when kids do that, It's because their brains reach capacity and they need to rest. Not much different than you or me when we zone out in a lecture, even though we're interested in it, even though we care about it, we zone out because our brain says, brain break. If you did the drawing activity from episode 75 and 76, you will have a window into what they do understand. How you can apply this is giving your child a piece of blank paper and a few colors, and say, draw for me what it is that you do in the morning before you get on the bus. What they're able to put on that page is what they have memory of initially and what is strongest. Begin there. The second thing I want you to know is that you get to pick the routine. And today we're going to learn how to pick one routine and we're going to tease that routine apart into its procedures and we're going to talk about some of the vocabulary. The third thing is that routines are repetitive. They are practiced. They are learned by the body's energy as well as the brain's energy because it is a practiced, repetitive thing. Very similar to practicing scales on the piano. Pretty soon, your fingers know what to do even if your mind isn't there. And that's what I'm calling autopilot. And that's where we want to get our children to on the routines that matter the most to you. So let's choose wisely on what matters to you, and let's make sure we teach our children in a way that their brains are going to pick up quickly, that they will understand well, and we can celebrate all along the way. And of course, that's the last one for is celebrate the successes. Here's my example routine. When I work with clients, of course, I have the age of the child known in front of me and the concern that the parent has is what we're talking about. And then we tease apart 
what do they know, what don't they know, how do you know it, and then we figure out how we can make it work for that child. And we talk about things like, well, what are they seeing? What are they hearing? What are they feeling? Where are they walking? All of the different things to make the environment be conducive as well as their understanding. But because I'm not working directly with you right now, I am working with my imagination that we're going to talk about a six-year-old. And the six-year-old is going to learn how to get herself ready to get on the bus in the morning. Remembering, number one, that this is harder for the child than it appears to be, we go at this teaching with compassion. For number two, to think about what it is that you want to put into autopilot, this means that you need to pick carefully what do you want your six-year-old child to do in the morning independently. So if you have in your mind, well, make your bed, get your face washed, teeth brushed, eat breakfast, have your backpack ready, packed, and out the door on time waiting at the end of the driveway for the school bus. Whew, if you want all that, you're going to need to teach it in parts. And if you teach it all on the same day, don't be surprised that it was too much to really learn on that one day. So pick which thing do you want your child to take charge of for, let's say, the first two weeks or a month of school. They are going to be independently in charge of which part. Maybe the six-year-old, you're going to say they're going to be in charge of brushing their teeth. And they probably can be in charge of getting their clothes on, but maybe you still help them choose their clothes, especially for certain days that you have um, special clothes that are needed. So for gym class, you need to make sure she's wearing tennis shoes or something like that. How can you, as a parent, think about the ways she learns? She learns through her eyes, through her ears, through her body and doing, through touch, through her emotional system. That's the main operating part of her brain. And for more information on that, see the I can't remember which episode, so I will link it in the show notes. I've got episodes that help you understand how the emotional center is the operating system. But how can we get through her eyes? Let's try that. Here's my solution. You're going to draw a picture of the toothbrush. And she's going to have a list. And her list of what she's to do has pictures on it. When you're starting... Maybe you're going to put a picture of a shirt and pants, or maybe you can even just do a pair of socks. And these pictures that I'm talking about are simple line drawings. That's why I've chosen these pictures, because you can draw something that looks like a shirt, or you can ask her to draw something that looks like a shirt. And she will remember that represents getting dressed. So this picture that's drawn represents putting on socks, Underwear, shirt, pants, dress, shoes, whatever it is. You get to decide what it is. And whatever you decide, you need to be consistent. For some of you, it's not going to include shoes because you don't want shoes on in the house and you want your shoes to be put on last. So decide for your child and for yourself, what exactly does this picture of a shirt represent? And then that is the thing you do over and over with your child. 
and you reference that picture. And then when she's got that, and maybe it'll take, you know, a few days because your child probably does know well how to get themselves dressed at age six. Then when that is mastered, you're going to add a toothbrush to her list. And again, a simple line drawing. She can draw it or you can draw it. And she's adding to her list. Over time, her list will get longer. But you want her to do these particular routines so much the way you want them done that she will have them in autopilot. When you think about the routine of brushing her teeth, does she go to the bathroom, get the toothbrush out of the medicine cabinet, open the toothpaste, put toothpaste on the toothbrush? Does she put the lid back on the toothpaste? Does she put the toothpaste back in the cabinet? And then she brushes her teeth. When she gets done brushing her teeth, she spits in the sink. Does she rinse out the sink? All of those steps can be incorporated into the toothbrushing routine if that's what you want. If you don't have an expectation for your child to put the cap back on the toothpaste, then it won't happen. But if you do want them to do it, they can do it. Maybe you have a different setup altogether. Whatever it is that matches your home, you go with those routines and you walk through them with her. And if it is too hard for her to remember all the steps about the toothpaste cap, then in addition to this mini list that you're drawing, that at the moment might be posted in her bedroom of that picture of a shirt to represent getting dressed and the picture of the toothbrush for brushing teeth. In the bathroom, you're also going to have a picture that teases apart the toothbrush routine. And in that, you're going to draw a picture of the toothpaste tube and the cap on and the cap off, and you're going to put them in the right order. And maybe that little routine is on the bathroom mirror right in front of her so she has the cue card of what it is that she's going to do that is called brushing teeth. And then as she goes to school in the mornings, the only thing she's responsible to do at this point without reminders and without your help is going to be the getting dressed and brushing teeth. Of course, she does the other things but she's getting reminders and help. And once she has mastered those things to your specification, to your delight, the way you want it done, then you add one more thing on that routine. Don't be surprised if she does it all perfectly one day and she doesn't another day. The day that she doesn't do it correctly, just as an indication to you that she perhaps couldn't hold on to that when she had other things in her mind, which tells you it's not yet an autopilot. Or it might be indicating that she might be getting ill or she's overtired or maybe she's hungry. You know, like there's those things too that can impact your child's performance and concentration. I hope this made sense to you. I try to keep these episodes short so that you can listen to them as you drive your kids to a location in the morning, like maybe in the car, you know, like I think 15 minutes to 20 minutes is is like the sweet spot for listening and learning. So I hope that this made sense. And I hope that you're able to try something like this where you give your child, we call it a visual schedule. 
I hope that you're able to use this visual schedule to help you get your child's routines into autopilot to make getting back to school a little bit easier. Once you master putting into a picture form the routines and getting your child to practice and do the repetitive parts of a routine, you will find that adding to that routine will become larger and faster and pretty soon it won't feel so cumbersome. But if you choose to do this, uh, let me know. I would love to hear how it goes. And I also would like to know if you need me to explain deeper or differently because over the audio to talk about visuals can be a bit confusing. So if you want to know more and or how it pertains to your child at your child's ages, or maybe they have a speech language delay and you're wondering, well, how do I communicate with them now? I'll give you a hint here. Pro tip, when you have a child with a speech or language delay, using visuals is hugely successful as comparing to using language. So in summary, understand that it is much harder for your kiddos to develop these routines than it appears. That's the first part. Second, let's make sure that the routine that you want them to have is actually the one that you're teaching. Sometimes we teach what we don't intend to teach. Three, remember that repetition and practice is the name of the game to get a skill into autopilot. They need to do it enough that their body or their muscle memory can take over for the brain space. And four, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate what they do right. Remember that this gives them the target so that they know exactly what you want them to do. Good luck to you all, and I'm cheering you on, and I hope you have a fabulous Labor Day weekend. Contact me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com, and I would be delighted to discuss this further. See if we're a fit if you want some help, and don't forget to join me in my Facebook group, and the link is found in the show notes below. Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. At